Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities. Eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. Salam, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, joining you from Manila. As we're recording this episode on September 17, dear listeners, I have to mention the date to you because yesterday was Malaysia Day. And today, our guest is, you guessed it, from Malaysia. A curious tidbit for all of you. It seems there has been some sort of debate among Malaysians about which day to prioritize. Malaysia Day on September 16, which commemorates the formation of Malaysia in 1963, where the four entities of North Borneo, Sarawak, Singapore, which at the time was part of uh, Malaya, and Malaya federated to form Malaysia. Or should it be Independence Day, also known as National Day, which is celebrated on August 31? commemorating the Malaysian Declaration of Independence from the British Empire in 1957. At any rate, this year is special because it's the 60th year celebration of Malaysia Day. Malaysia has been one of the most stable countries in Asia, and I believe in ASEAN as well, both economically and politically. The government is so proud of its diverse cultures. In fact, its tourism slogan is Malaysia, truly Asia. I'm sure you've seen that on on television. To explain the slogan, government says Malaysia truly Asia captures and defines the the essence of the country's unique diversity. It sums up the distinctiveness and allure of Malaysia that makes it an exceptional tourist destination. I must admit, dear listeners, that I do love going to Malaysia for conferences and visits. And you will too. Put it on your 
vacation list. Why don't you? Apart from the fact that I have many friends and family there, I do so enjoy the food, the culture, the traditions, and, of course, the shopping. So the question we ask nowadays, given the diversity of its peoples, cultures, ethnicities, and beliefs, what's happening in Malaysia today? We hear about polarization along religious and ethnic lines. How is the Malaysian government and society doing in terms of unity and nationhood? My friend Dina Zaman, a wonderful co-host on She Talks Peace and co-founder of the Malaysian think tank Iman, often muses about polarization in Malaysia and the increasing power of Islamist politics. How does this impact women and minorities? A couple of months ago, we in the Philippines were truly shocked by the news about a bombing attempt on the life of a Malaysian activist and lawyer. On July 21 of this year, an improvised explosive device was placed on the car of a human rights defender. The lawyer survived the attempt on her life. My shock was amplified by my faith in the stability of the Malaysian government and the nation. How could this have happened? Well, my dear listeners, from diversity to rights, I think it would really be interesting to find out more about what's going on in our neighbor, Malaysia. That's why today we have invited a very courageous and strong woman, lawyer from Malaysia to join us. This is the very same activist who survived the bombing attempt. So I am so excited to welcome a friend in activism, Attorney Siti Kathim, a lawyer and activist for civil liberties and human rights in Malaysia. Siti has been a prominent figure in the fight against the persecution of marginalized communities, advocating for freedom of religion, freedom from uh, religious uh, uh, injunctions, the rights of natives and Aboriginal peoples, and the empowerment of the trans community. Her commitment to these causes has not been without personal sacrifice, as she has faced multiple arrests and maliciously prosecuted for defending her communities. She has been a victim of many online threats and abuses and, of course, survived the July 21 bombing attempt. Throughout her career, Siti has consistently spoken out against actions by authorities that violated human rights. In addition to her legal work, Siti is a a columnist for The Star, Malaysia's largest English-language daily, named City Lights. She is also the founder of the foundation Malaysian Action for Justice and Unity, or MAJU, 
an organization aiming to unite Malaysians to become change agents for a more liberal, moderate, and progressive Malaysia. Welcome to She Talks Peace City. Hello, thank you for inviting me to speak here with all of you. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you very much and very kind of you, Amina, for the introduction. Thank you very much. Oh, Siti, it is our honor. And believe me, Siti, uh, that Dina and I have actually been talking about having you on board for, well, for a while to- now. It happens that I'm also 60 years old when Malaysia was formed. Uh, oh know. my goodness! Yes, so <laughs> it's the right, uh, you know, uh, right time for me uh, to be speaking to an international community as well. Yeah. Mm. So tell me first, um, City, that that bombing attempt. What was that all about? Well. I was shocked, uh, to be honest. Uh, never in my wildest uh, dream or nightmare that uh, uh, IEDs will be planted underneath my car. You know, I was driving my car uh, happily. You know, this car is an old car, although, uh, you know, it's quite special because it's um, a Toyota Celica, you know, uh, built in 2002. So the car is quite old, but, you know, I love this car. And the only car I have, my only asset. <laughs> so I've been maintaining it very uh, re- regularly and frequently according to when it's required. So I was about to travel uh, to uh, uh, Kelantan, uh, which is the north state of Malaysia for our uh, uh, Orang Asli, the Aborigines uh, group case. Uh, I'm very much involved in their cases. Um, and so the, the, the case is coming up on Monday. So I was thinking I want to send the car for uh, servicing because uh, I will be traveling uh, about 500 kilometers, 600 like that. So I said, okay, I better make sure my car is in tip-top condition. So I sent it um, on that Friday, on the 21st, um, for them to, you know, make sure everything is okay. Then you know, I always plan uh, my 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 things that I do. So I've o- I wanted to eat this um, uh, what we call the salt beef. Okay? It's one of my favorite. Yeah. So the salt beef shop is very close to the um uh, uh, the garage that I sent. So I thought the plan is I drop off my car close to lunchtime, about eleven. Then I go down and have my lunch, and then when it's ready, I'll go and pick it up. So I. So I reached the place uh, and I ordered the salt beef and then, then the the mechanic called me um, and said, hey, Siti, what happened to your car? I said, what happened? And she said, oh, look at the WhatsApp photo I sent you. So I actually look at the photos and I said, I at first I thought it, it was like rubbish being stuck at my car, you know, uh, mm-hmm. underneath, near the tire. And I said, what, what are these rubbish uh, being, uh, you know, uh, hook up at my or attached to the car and then he, he said she said no 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 it's not rubbish you know got wires wires inside and I said I look again closely and I look oh my god this looks like really uh, suspicious and you know and so I I lost my appetite to eat and uh, I, oh, I just uh, yeah tapau you know what we call it you know just uh, pack it away and I took it back so I look at the the thing, uh, these two bottles being uh, tied up together and uh, being hooked uh, underneath the, the car, just behind the tire, because my car is quite low. Uh-huh. 
yeah, uh-huh. it's not easy to see, you see, uh, uh, from outside the, the car. And I, I look at it with all the wires and uh, everything with tissues and um, like some oil under, inside the bottle. And I, I thought it looks like a bomb, you know, I think it looks like a bomb uh, or something to trigger it to uh, do something. So I called the police, the uh, the nine nine nine, and and then um, uh, the police, uh, you know, kind of uh, not not I think not taking it seriously, but they did send two officers. Yeah, or uh, that was about half an hour. Uh, the two officers arrived, and uh, by that time, I did a live on my Facebook because mm-hmm. you see, uh, in Malaysia, it's about public pressure. Okay, and uh, yeah, I do believe. Being uh, open to the public, this will put pressure to the authorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the time, it works. And so so I was saying, okay, I've called the police at this time. They have still haven't arrived, uh, you mm-hmm. know, at this time. And I say, if it's a real bomb, I say, if it goes off, everybody, everybody will be, you know, gone by now. Right. And then uh, the two officers came and saw the police, uh, the things and they say okay this looks suspicious so they call they the, themselves call D9 uh the i think the, the bomb uh, squad yes uh from yeah. our headquarters police headquarters um and then uh, it took them maybe about 1 hour before they came and uh, when and then when oh, they came wow. they said yeah <laughs> uh i'm telling I mean, you they could have got off in that time that's it <laughs> And then uh, uh, when they came, they say, what, what, what are these people still doing around here? You know, leave. Everybody leave. Listening, listening to you right now, Siti, three things, um, something's entered my mind. First, it's fantastic that you're so methodical about car maintenance. <laughs> if that was me, I'm a gunner. <laughs> Second, you're extremely lucky. Yes. Or third, You've got a really good guardian angel watching yes. over you. Because I, when you when you were talking about this being the first time, I mean that was why I was so so shocked. Yes, never in my wildest imaginings could I imagine that happening in a country like uh, like Malaysia. And to hear you talk about no response mm. from leaders when this is such a a historic. Yes. Occasion. I mean, the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whatever I may criticize my government about, if that happened, yeah. you can be sure that political leaders of all shapes and colors would be talking about uh, about this. So, what are you doing now about this city? First, yes. how do you safeguard yourself when you don't seem to have too much cooperation from yeah. authorities? Yeah. You see, um, uh, you see, uh, uh, I've had threats before uh, uh, through online and all that. Uh, so the lawyers for lawyers, if I'm not mistaken, they they uh, they actually got me in touch uh, with an organization that helped me uh, to move uh, from my previous house to a new place and install CCTV. So that uh, I got funding for that uh, to install CCTV around my house, although. In terms of my car, um, I am very lucky. I am loved by quite a few people that I don't know. Uh, they have, they are just my followers, uh, and they have been following me all these years, and uh, they are quietly supporting me. 
So when the news of uh, the bomb came up, um, I've got offers of uh, these people that I don't know. Uh, they want to help me to install uh, parking surveillance. But physically and uh, mentally, I think um, God has been kind uh, in uh, giving me a very strong constitution uh, and enabling me to compartmentalize uh, issues. But mind you, uh, the problem uh, in this country is that, uh, you know, because I have created uh, they or some uh, uh, this uh, some people have managed to create that I am anti-Islam, uh, anti-Malay uh, because of the issues that I have been speaking up. So a lot of these people are afraid to be seen uh, supporting or associating themselves with me, uh, you know, because then they will be uh, labeled as gang Siti Kasim, okay? Um, oh yes, yeah, so they don't want that. They don't want that. So that because you see uh, the problem with our politicians in Malaysia, they only think about their next uh, election. They want the votes. Uh, this so-called from people who will never vote for them. Okay, uh, mm -hmm. but still they try to please, and this is uh, why we are failing in this country. Yeah. Um. Yes. Now, now that you talk about, uh, you mentioned uh, politics. In the last elections, um, uh, PM uh, has uh, secured status quo, right? But um, analysts have said that in, in, even though he has uh, ensured status quo, but his um, influence has shrunk a little yeah. bit. How does this affect your advocacy? Now, this current uh, uh, government really uh, think that by pandering to the uh, Islamofascists, I call them, because mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong being Islamists, yeah? but Islamofascists yeah. are the people who force, who force you to follow their values and their morals and their understanding of their belief. So this is what I call their... But this uh, current government, especially the T, our, our PMX, uh, really believe by pandering uh, to the other side, uh, you know, doing more and more damaging things, which even during PN they did not do, will actually bring that those people uh, uh, onto his side. No, and he's mm -hmm. also losing his supporters base. People like me, people like the non-Malays, you know, that uh -huh. do not want to see the Islamization of Malaysia. Um, uh, you know, when when I use the word Islamization, uh, you know, it's not there's nothing wrong about religion, you know, but no country has shown that any country use religion, any religion will be a success. OK, so mm -hmm. why is he pandering to go to that side? Uh, so this is why, uh, honestly, personally, I feel this country is going down the drain uh, due yeah. to the politicians. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, you know? Yeah. But it seems the city that this, the Islamization of, uh, of government and governance seems to be something that getting more and more popular support among Malaysians. Dina shared with me an article about a Pew research that uh, said 8 out of 10 Malaysians support Sharia to become the law of, of the land. So what, what do you say to that? What, what's happening? Why is uh, this gaining so, so much ground yes. in Malaysia, which you don't really see happening in, the, you know, say, Indonesia? Okay, so what makes it different in oh, Malaysia? No surprise at all. Okay, let me go back. Uh, back in the nineteen eighties, when our current PMX was in government. Okay, mm. when he was in the education, uh, when he was the education minister, he started mm. the Islamization. Then you have to know. In fact, I said that if no changes are made with our current education syllabus, we are going to be a Taliban country. Very soon. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you have to understand that uh, the youngs, you know, the youngs and uh, how the the mainstream uh, TVs have been pushing and pushing this idea about uh, what is Islam to them, you know, things like that. So, so uh, hence, you can see because for them, I am a Muslim first. I have to uphold Islam first, you know. But what they don't understand is that the Islam that have been taught to them is not the kind of Islam that I understand it to be, uh, you know, but no. Uh, so this is the, the result of it. You and I, when we think about, uh, about our faith, we know it's a faith that liberated women. Yes. We know Absolutely. it is a faith that was the first to give women real rights. But yes. now no. it's becoming an interpretation that curtails women's rights. And I was going to ask you, given the developments, the current developments, not just in Malaysia, mind you, but uh, all over uh, the Islamic world, how does this now affect the advocacies of, of Maju? Are you stepping it up in spite of the threats? Do you get more support from a civil society to push for your advocacy? What will you do now? What's your next step? Okay, uh, so basically, <clears throat> I just want to go back that uh, you see uh, our our lives and our uh, basically everything that goes on in Malaysia based on our federal constitution. We have a federal constitution, mm -hmm. so the starting point where there's a huge change uh, with regards to uh, the movement of Islam is when our current PMX uh, back in 1987 amended our federal constitution in Article 1211A, where at that time, it was very clear Sharia is this, okay? Sharia courts, okay? And uh, and the civil courts uh, will be this. So that time mm -hmm. was very clear. But 
the insertion of the precepts of Islam, anything to do with precepts of Islam will go to the Sharia court. That was the right. amendment. So that's, you see, at those times, people did not notice the change. Then now, the Islamophasis are getting smarter. They even use a human rights language now, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so, so basically now they are getting smarter. They are now using that article, 121A, even with regards to sisters in Islam case. It's nothing to do with precepts of Islam. It is about mm-hmm. the administration of Islam. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the judge uh, decided that, you know, this is about Islam. So must go back to the Sharia. Now, this oh, is the okay. see in, in the beginning, uh, you know, we were, as what you described, it was a wonderful country. Uh, you know, it's uh, people are free to be who they are. You know, no religious uh, uh, authorities uh, going after you, blah, 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 back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, but it changes. When Anwar Ibrahim became uh, one of the government, he ensured that he placed his people uh, into the government places that make decision, and this is the result. In fact, this current government is doing much far worse than the so-called uh, Pakatan uh, Perikatan National, who comprises of PAS, the Islamic Party. Mm. Uh, and uh-huh. that, yeah. So they are in, in, uh, trying to amend our constitution now in what they so-called harmonizing of laws between Sharia and civil. We haven't yet known what uh, what is uh, happening with that. And in fact, he is putting more religious subjects into our education uh, in our schools, you know. Uh, I, I mean, he's giving more power and more money to religious authorities and the religious schools. I, I, I'm telling you that he is uh, really doing what he plans to do all those years ago in which he was stopped by Mahadev. Yeah. You know, I hate to I hate to say it, but listening to your description, I cannot help but think about the the fear of uh, liberal uh, Americans, especially the Democrats, yep. about how the MAGA Trump Republicans are doing exactly the same thing. I've been saying all mm-hmm. this while, as a Malay, as a Muslim, I am the most oppressed in my own country. You know, so stop talking about we have more benefit law and all that. I don't have money to buy property that gives me a 7% discount, okay? So uh-huh. <laughs> you know, all this so-called benefit uh, that people are claiming the Bumiputra, the, the Malays right. gets, you know, it's not for everybody, okay? Uh, I mean, uh, I cannot, I have to, I've been, I, I am told what to eat, what to dress, you know, uh, what to drink. Uh, you know, uh, basically even how to think. If I don't, uh, then they can punish me under the civil, uh, under the Sharia law. So uh, this is uh, horrible. It, it's, it's not happening widespread yet, but they are pushing the boundaries. So it looks like Maju is going to have a lot to do. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your organization, the Malaysian Action for yeah, Justice and okay. so why did you Why did you start that? And what will your focus be in these uh, coming days? Okay, in terms of Maju, um, to be honest, uh, I'm the only person and face uh, as the front for Maju. Uh, 
uh, when we started this, uh, there's a group of us, uh, you know, uh, who are not activists. They are just uh, people who support uh, uh, the what, uh, what I stand for and things, uh, the way I look at things. So uh, we we have a businessman who uh, supported us to start off uh, this friend of mine. Maju has always been about me alone, actually. Uh, I'm the one who speak up for it and uh, things like that. And, uh, you know, I have to think about the finance. I have to think about uh, yeah. the running of it. It's very difficult. Uh, when you are alone and you have all these other things uh, you need to do. So, so when, when I, when nowadays, when I do actually uh, 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 do talks, uh, it will be based on me as a person. Uh, you know, because I think Maju, um, I don't have the uh, the people to really work on the organization itself, uh, and the money is another thing. is is uh, always money. Uh, you know, in order to run an organization, you have oh, yeah. yeah, you know that, and uh, it is really rather hard for me uh, to keep on. Uh, you know, because Maju is not my only focus. Uh, I am also very dedicated to my committee for Orang Asli under the Bar Council. Uh, so uh, I always try to get money for this committee because we have to pay lawyers for their costs um, and also supporting the Orang Asli when they go to courts. So it is uh, very difficult. What is the Orang Asli? Orang Asli are the indigenous people of the Peninsula Malaysia. Uh, whereas the indigenous people in Sabah and Sarawak, we call them as orang asal. So because orang asli word is actually it's the same meaning. Um, orang asli word is uh, uh, you know is being uh, mentioned in the act in the act of the aborigines. So we we are to ensure that we use the orang asli for our aborigines people. Um, as you all, I don't know whether you guys know that. Uh, despite being the original people of Malaysia, uh, they are being sidelined, they are being forgotten, they are being uh, oppressed, uh, you know, meaning that no one wants to recognize uh, their land rights, their ancestral rights. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's so much more things to be done despite winning many, many cases uh, with regards to their land rights. But still, uh, this government and also all other governments uh, never want to recognize uh, their rights and make it into law. Um, and I was just wondering, I was just wondering, the reason why I asked you about the Orang Asli uh, cities, because you have fought for their rights against mining and logging yes. corporations in Peninsula Malaysia. Now. And yes. I, was just, I was just wondering, because you know, those syndicates are really quite powerful, whether mm. This is also a part of the group that uh, has harassed you and caused uh, so much personal, uh, you know, suffering so, yeah. for you. Okay. Uh, I started uh, being uh, an advocate for the Orang Asli more than 10 years ago. Okay, uh, For the first few years, it was very difficult to get through them because they were so much under the thumb of this what we call as Jakwa, you know, the Jabatan uh, is a government department that's supposed to be looking after the welfare of Arasli, but of course they don't. Uh, you know, they are more of, uh, you, the government use them as a vehicle uh, to uh, put fear, to influence them and all that. So it took a, a 
a, a lot of years before we managed to uh, get through um, to the committee. The community, if you all know about uh, the Aborigines, uh, indigenous people, they are very shy. They are very fearful of authorities. They are, they are, they are not like, uh, you know, town people or urban people. Uh, you know, they, they need uh, empowerment. So that's what I did for the first couple of years. And uh, to be honest, the last five, uh, six years, I think, uh, or more, they have been speaking up for themselves. They have become activists themselves. Uh, so we are now only when they, they need our help, they say they want to go to court. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Then we will be assisting. What's your plan for yourself? You know, the human rights defenders all over the world are facing so much harassment. There are now organizations coming forward, um, international organizations who support human rights defenders. In a country like, uh, like Malaysia, how do you see support for the welfare of uh, human rights uh, defenders? Is this something that's, that's growing and in, in, in spite of all of the threats, is the, your trajectory still firmly uh, pushing the boulder mm. up, the, up the mountain city yeah. and never stopping? What's <laughs> in store for you? Well, basically, I will continue. Okay, this is my country. I love my country. I will do my best uh, uh, within my powers uh, to do whatever I can. Uh, so, you know, I, I somehow think that you know, if it's my time to go in whatever manner, it's written already by God and I will go. If, if we think too much of uh, the possibility that we are going to die because of this or that, then, uh, you know, we can't do anything at all, you know. So we cannot live in fear. Um, uh, I've been giving uh, empowerment, uh, strength uh, to the uh, community, the LGBT, especially the Maknya as well as uh, Maknya means the trans women, yeah? Um, and uh, the orang asli, uh, you know, so I need to practice what I preach, uh, you right. know, to not be in fear of any kind mm -hmm. of uh, uh, threats or any kind of intimidation uh, towards you. We, uh, you know, obviously you cannot uh, uh, just, you know, ignore whatever is happening. You need to be, uh, you know, take everything into consideration. but continue you know i mean i will do uh whatever i have been doing in fact right now i'm suing the government the religious authorities uh you know uh, left right and center uh, because to me it is important to do strategic litigation as a lawyer uh so i have uh, many cases right now right now which is uh, uh lining up uh, you know i just wish that there will be more uh, support uh, in terms of uh, finance, uh, in terms of, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, the NGOs here are great. They are uh, supportive, mm -hmm. uh, you know, things like that. But 
uh, they're also struggling uh, financially, as everyone knows, uh, who are running uh, NGOs and stuff like that. More than uh, uh, the threats on my life, uh, uh, because I believe in kadar and kadar, you know. And uh, so, but to me, it's more on the finance, the finance side of it. Uh, in the reality to, of it, yes. The reality, yes. Um, right. You know that that's really I find the worst part, which I find stressful. How to find the money uh, to to pay for the cost uh, of the cases? Oh, yeah. Siti, it's not the death threat that stresses you, but finding the funding to support your causes and your cases. Dear listeners, anybody who's listening there and who's willing to support City and their causes, do please give a, a shout out. <laughs> By the way, um, and then the time is. Uh, Rushing by City. Yeah. In your bio data, City, you mentioned um, that you want to see Malaysia free from the mental bondage of indoctrination by the authorities in religious matter, particularly the extremist version of Islam. But mm. in a previous article, you also were still optimistic about your home because you had written in the heart of Southeast Asia. Malaysia has long been hailed as a nation where diversity is not just a buzzword, but a living reality mm. that has shaped our identity. Mm. You said we have prided ourselves on being a beacon of multiculturalism where people of various faiths, backgrounds, and ideologies coexist in harmony. So before we end our conversation, Siti, perhaps you would like to share a message to our listeners who experience the same uh, you know, persecution, perhaps, discrimination that uh, you have seen. What's your message for our listeners? Cindy? My message uh, to the world, especially to Malaysians. Malaysians all over the world. Yes. We must elect the right leadership. Okay. This is important in terms of Malaysia because you see, where our country is going really based on the leadership that we have, the politicians that we have in power. To be honest, amongst Malaysians, even including the Malays, you know, in reality, when I meet the Malays, most of them are very nice, you know, and the diversities that we have, you don't see uh, what we see online, what we see between the politicians, you know, using religion and race as, as a weapon uh, uh, to, to create the anger of the public. But what you see on the ground, I am a, a, a grassroots person and I go to Kelantan, I go to countries, uh, states, which, which are mostly Malays, and they have nothing against me except being nice. You know, They recognize me, of course. I'm a very recognizable, uh, recognizable person because of the way I, I look, you know. Uh, so it's easy because of my white hair. Okay, anyway, just to say this is my real hair. This is uh, my <laughs> gray hair. I'm 60 years old, people. So I keep telling, I don't color my hair anymore. Uh, you know, this is a real color. Uh, God gave me this beautiful white hair. So I'm going to embrace. And so I see the message is that if we have leaderships who do not think for the, the future of the nation, then we are kaput. We are gone. Mm -hmm. But if we have the right leadership who really think for the benefit of all of the people in that country, then we are going to be good. 
And this is why in Indonesia, I salute, uh, you know, the current president. Uh, you know, I wish he is in Malaysia, then, you know, we can have someone like him. But of course, uh, you know, uh, we can only wish uh, that uh, Malaysian will wake up and see that we do not go for political parties. We go for the person. Okay. Uh, so I hope in GE16, people will start to see the reality that we need good people in parliament because these are the, the people who will chart, uh, you know, our way forward, who will set our education system, who will set our judiciary, who will set our executive. Uh, so it is important to have the right people who will actually manage the country. Otherwise, we are gone. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Siti. Dear listeners, you heard it. Attorney Siti Kasim, a human rights lawyer from Malaysia, sharing her thoughts with you. And I do, I must say, I do agree. We may not think we have power, but the one person, the one citizen, can make a choice, and if it is the right choice, can impact on the future of our nations, whether it is Malaysia, Indonesia, or the Philippines. So, dear listeners, it's so good of you to have uh, joined us for today's episode. Give us a follow at She Talks Peace on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is She Talks Peace. Thank you so much, uh, Siti, for joining us. And I hope that we can have another conversation soon. And this time, let's bring uh, Dina as well into the the mix. Yeah, we'll see what is happening. I mean, right now, it's very interesting what's going on with the current uh, PMX, you know, with the DNA of Zaid Hamidi and all that. So people are seeing more and more of, uh, you know, the things which are going behind doors. Um, you know, now, uh, so that's why I said, uh, you know, you deserve what you get. You know, you don't want to listen to what I said before. <laughs> but thank you for inviting me. Thank I really, you. really appreciate this. Dear listeners, this is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying so long for now. Join us again for the next episode of She Talks Peace. Bye. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.